Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey everyone, Mark and Steve on the PBSE podcast. Uh, you'll notice my voice is at its <laughs> usual form. I had a cold and thrashed my voice, so I'm going to try this uh, today with the voice I have. <clears throat> right, sounds like right. I'm like 13 years old, and my voice is trying to decide whether it's a child or wants to be an adult. Well, compared to you, I just sound like I'm 13 now since it's so <laughs> deep. So here you go. So today we want to address uh, an inquiry that came in from a PBSE listener. She says, hi, Mark and Steve. First of, all, thank, uh, first of all, thank you for all you do. My partner and I have been listening to your podcast lately. I have a few concerns, though, that I'm seeking input on. He told me he's not in a place of his recovery to be disclosing things to me, such as what his fetish was or is. I think I deserve to know this about my partner's addiction since he was acting out throughout our whole relationship um, secretly, even though I had set a hard boundary early on about this. Does this mean that uh, he is trying to protect his addiction still? It's been less than three months of his sobriety and recovery. My other concern is he says he's not against pornography and doesn't have an opinion about it. And this is, this is a healthier method to view it. But this makes me very angry, as I know there are endless reasons to be against porn in the industry as a whole, not to mention how it's negatively impacting our relationship. And third, he oftentimes says he doesn't have enough time to partake in daily recovery. But I think that's just an excuse because he didn't have trouble making time for watching porn on a daily, mm. daily throughout our relationship, which I classify as cheating. Well, there yeah. you go. So when I read this, <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Um, Mark got a little stirred up. I got a little stirred up by this inquiry. So what I, what I want to do is, is I, <clears throat> I want to come at this so that all of the addicts uh, who are not in recovery yet, or you're in recovery, I want you to take this, this woman's inquiry with us and really see it for what it is. She makes, she makes three incredibly solid points about the kinds of big, gigantic walls that we as addicts will throw in our own way on the path to recovery. 
And man, I saw the three, they just like shouted at me as I read her, her um, questions. And I immediately went back to my own experience in my addiction years. I used, well, there's one of them that wasn't quite as powerful for me, but pretty much all three were a part of my struggles in addiction and the reason why I didn't get on a solid path of recovery. So we want to, we want to, I want to talk about Steve and I want to talk about these three issues right, right now out of the gate. So you know, we get pretty raw and real here on PBSC with regard to addiction. Sometimes there are people who can misinterpret that as us hammering on the addicts. And that, that could not be farther from the truth for us. We personally know the hell of addiction, what it does to you personally, to your marriage, to your partnership, to your, to your family, to all, we could go on and on about the effects of addiction. And we want all of the addicts listening to have a different path. That's why we get passionate. That's why we get so stirred up by all of this. Not because we're trying to hammer on you. We're trying to say, look, guys, we've been there. And I don't want, for me personally, I don't want you guys to go through 35 years of, of hell that you didn't need to. Yes. So when we get real passionate, please know our motive is to help you guys to get off of this lousy track onto a good, healthy one. And so um, having said that as the intro, let's look at these three issues. The first one she brings up is that this, this guy's withholding information about his addiction behaviors and his betrayal. Sounds like specifically he doesn't want to share his quote fetishes. Mm -hmm. And that withholding of information was a classic trademark of my addiction years. There's no way I was going to share this stuff with people. I'll, I'll share generalities I'll sort of skirt around the issues and get, I finally got to the point where I admitted I had an, I had an addiction or a compulsion, but I wasn't going to give you, you know, details about what that looked like. No way. So let's, let's look at that one first, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great point. And there's a lot that we could say about this. In fact, it's interesting because we kind of covered a similar kind of in a similar vein, a different, you know, that we came to this topic in a different way on dare to connect this morning, but um, we'll talk about that in a second. I, uh, when it comes to withholding or discussing, you know, behaviors in recovery, there obviously is a delicate balance here. Um, there's on the one side there, you know, what, well, maybe I should back up a bit as most of you who have listened for some time know, and I know these are, these are listeners who haven't been with us terribly long. We don't, uh, really talk about right and wrong on here much. Um, you got plenty of people in your life who are willing to give you the moral judgment side of this addiction. <laughs> So we, we don't do that a whole lot. What we usually try to focus on is what is toxic versus healthy as far as connection goes. Yes. And, and there is, on the one hand, uh, anytime we withhold information, it has the real potential uh, to limit connection. That obviously has to be balanced with the idea that when it comes to disclosure, there's a time and a place for that and that there is such a thing as too much information. Um, we don't know a whole lot about this coupleship. And so it's hard to like make a concrete you know call on what should be talked about. But I, what I would say is that on a baseline level, whether it's whether you're needing an intervention of a therapist or some sort of program, again, we'll talk about those in a second. Um, if at the end of the day, an addict has the right to disclose or not disclose whatever he wants, but that will, for those addicts listening, you need to understand that that will come with inherent unavoidable consequences, right? If you are withholding information about, for example, your addiction past, plan on there being diminished safety with your partner. You can't escape that, right? Uh, you, you have to recognize that a, a partner 
And if we're going to create safety around a situation like betrayal, the first step to creating safety is understanding the new reality. And if we can't share, at least in an appropriate way, to whatever level, again, is appropriate, what that actual reality is, then you are setting the stage for, at best, a haphazard recovery, but at, at, at worst, a really disconnected relationship that won't make it. Well, and, so. and imagine what you're saying as an addict <laughs> who says, okay, I'm admitting that I've had these behaviors in the past, but I'm not willing to share with you what they were specifically. But I'm asking you to stay with me. I'm asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to choose me, but I'm not giving you all the information you need to decide whether you want to choose me. Yeah, it limits the capacity to choose the person. Yeah. I mean, is that reasonable to do that? Choose me, but but only based on partial facts. Yeah, there was this, there was this, uh, you know, one of my favorite old school shows is The Price is Right. And I can't remember the name of it. They used to have a game on there where they would show you like half of the prize. Yeah. Like not the other half. Yes. You know, and that works really well if you're selling tickets for, for the for the price is right. That's not how intimacy or connection works. Right. You know, we 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 can't, it's impossible to feel safe in a relationship if here we've got this nice spotlight on X, Y, and Z characteristics or attributes or past or whatever it is, while there's just kind of this mystery box with a giant question mark, you know, with stuff in it that comes with it. Well, and, and especially so, when it comes to something as significant as this guy's fetish. Correct. I mean, as a partner, I would need to know what that is for you because that has some significant impact on whether I want to choose you and remain with you. I mean, are or, you or kidding can, me? Right? I should or say can. can. Yeah. It can. If I don't know, then I'm going to conjure up all sorts of things in my head about what that could be. Sure. And believe me, there are hundreds of options, many of them pretty, pretty horrific if you don't tell me. Yeah. Now, there are lots of legal implications with this that we, again, have no control over with not knowing, you know, whether that involves something that crosses legal lines or not. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Absolutely no idea what this is. What we can tell you is just from a strictly connection standpoint, you cannot expect full intimacy with a partner while withholding the building blocks of said intimacy. It's just not, it's just not possible. Right. So So we can, yeah, Steve and I can tell you from our own past, we, we did not, we were not able to connect with our partners until we got to the place where we were willing to take on full authenticity and transparency and openness and vulnerability. It just didn't happen until, until we were ready to make those steps. But we do say that with the empathy, if we really do connect with the paralyzing fear, I mean, it's terrifying. Ooh, it is. It's the scariest thing you'll ever face as an addict. I mean, I, it's very scary. I said for, for decades, I'm taking this to the grave. I yeah. will not disclose this because if I do, my life is over. My yeah. reputation, how people see me, they'll never see me the same ever again as long as I live. This is no small thing, guys. We, we know we're not saying this with a cavalier attitude. This is huge. Absolutely. So no, it's important to keep that in mind. So yeah, so that's kind of addressing the the first component. Um, let's see, as we kind of scroll here through here, I'm trying to find the second one. We we threw this here. Let's see. I set a boundary early. Let's see. What relationship is you guys? I can throw out our whole relationship secretly. I set a hard boundary early on. Does this mean he's still trying to protect his addiction? Still, it's been th- less than three months of sobriety recovery. My other concern is he says he's not against porn. And doesn't have an opinion about it, and this is health, and and this is a healthier method to view it. 
but it makes it, but this makes me very angry as I know there are endless reasons to be against porn in the industry as a whole, not to mention how it negatively impacts our relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So obviously this, this podcast is named porn betrayal, sex and the experts. <laughs> so we, we focus on this topic of porn all the time. I, and we would 100% side with our, our, our uh, listener here that, yeah, the effects and impacts of porn, whether you call it an addiction or not, or a compulsion or not, or whether it's an compulsion or addiction or not, I I I think you're hard pressed to find anybody out there of with with any real serious credibility that can honestly make the challenge that you know people could walk away from pornography and say you know our marriage was was just mediocre, but then we we infused a bunch of porn into it in the long run, and that helped us to be more connected. Um, so there's lots we could say about that, but I guess the the by and large, or the long and short of it for me, Mark, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, is is that pornography, whatever else it is, is fantasy based, and the more I connect with fantasy, the less I connect with reality. Right at the end of the day, that's kind of the age old reality for me. If I the more I am connecting with a fantasy synthetic world. Um, the, the real, the unreal, the less my capacity is to connect with the real on a variety of levels. And so in a world where we are looking to be progressively more connected as a way to find healing pornography, whatever else it does stands directly opposed to anything we, you know, we do in this recovery process because it is the opposite of connection among whatever else it does. Yeah. And it did very much. That's, that's all about connection. I mean, I'll tell the guys listening, we don't have any time to go into this, but in, in, in my early career, I did a lot of research for, for books I was writing where I interviewed women from the sex trade. Those were in pornography, strip clubs, prostitution. I interviewed them and got straight from them, how they felt about it and what it was really like versus what you're told it's like. And I can't, I mean, I had been in my own addiction for decades. I was, I mean, I thought I knew what was going on. I was, I was horrified, shocked. I mean, it just nearly bowled me over. So we could go into that whole discussion about is, is it harmful? Is it harmless? You know, blah, blah, blah. But the biggest thing guys is you, you may want to work out in your own head that, you know, I can look at, you know, a little bit of porn or some naked people. What's the big deal? The big mm-hmm. deal is that you are not by yourself. You are in a relationship. And is this okay with your partner? Does, you know, does your partner want to know that you're looking at all of these random naked people? And is she supposed to just discount immediately that there's any comparison going on in your head? How does she measure up? All of the issues that, that you face with this, with loyalty, with, with just fidelity, where is she at in that? And if you want yeah. to remain in the relationship, it's not your own stuff. You have to say, am I willing to take upon me what's important to her? Yeah. Even though I might have these different attitudes about porn, you know, from a cultural standpoint and what people say, I'm in a relationship. Yeah. Well, and I think, and I think it really does come down to figuring out, you know, because again, we're not here to stand in moral judgment of, of porn. I mean, I, I think it's abhorrent on a variety of levels, but uh, just because, you know, for the significant reasons being, you know, the impact that it has on people and have how it's impacted my own life, but when it cut and, and the lives of clients, but I would say that, you know, at the end of the day, if you set aside the right and the wrong, it really, or how, how does a relationship work? It comes down to both people figuring out who their authentic selves are 
you know, what boundaries are important to what degree for them. And if, and if, you know, both people can be themselves and find happiness in a relationship, given those different levels of authenticity. Um, at the end of the day, you know, you, we can always choose the choice, you know, we can always make the assertions that we make, but like Mike Mark is saying, uh, you have to really do that hard work. I think is the good way to put it, do the hard work to figure out, you know, for me in my life at this point in time, you know, what is more authentic to me choosing, you know, choosing this, this, this world of, you know, fantasy and pornography and, and the pros and the cons and everything that comes with that, or being in a relationship where my spouse feels connected and safe. Exactly. And, and, and only, and, and, and then really that is a sincere question I would postulate to any guy listening to this, because I don't think Mark and I, we, we never were convinced by anybody telling us to knock it off. <laughs> no, we weren't. I think at the end of the day, right. We could hammer on that all day long and that wouldn't be effective. I think speaking to our addicts for just a minute, that's kind of the question Mark and I really had to ask ourselves eventually before we got serious about this was, you know, am I real? You have to really get real to yourself and say, is the life that I am living really the life that I want? And is it taking me down the road that I want? Right. Well, these and, decisions, these people. And the, and the other, you know, in, if we're going to get into, you know, being trying to be mature, wise, evolved people, contrary to what the culture will tell you, you can't have it all. Correct. You can't have it all. You get to pick, you get to choose. So do I want this world of, you know, fantasy and, and being able to express myself sexually in any of the ways that I want or look at what, look at whatever I want, or do I want my relationship with my spouse or my partner more? Yeah. What matters most to me in my life and what am I willing to do to, to be loyal to and to focus on that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, 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 a it's a hard process, I think, to navigate relationships, you know, when navigating this issue. And, and there is a lot that can make that more complicated. Like I said, the moral argument sometimes does more harm than good, but I think that's what it really comes down to as far as, as far as our original listener goes, or, or this, this, uh, this listener who wrote in, uh, you know, we, we would definitely refer you to, we've done a lot of really good podcasts on boundaries um, and how to hold them and how to set them. I know it sounds like from what you, you're saying, you've kind of tried that in the past. And But we also know and connect with the difficulties and the intricacies of trying to set boundaries with a partner when love is on the line and a relationship is on the line and how scary that can be. So we kind of covered that in in more detail there. Um, honestly, what I, I mean, really, Mark and I were talking about this beforehand, you know, in terms of what would be most helpful for listeners who find themselves in a position like this? Because we know that there are many. And, and, and really what it comes back to for us is, is a strong recommendation that you do a couple of things. One, definitely look into getting in with a, a therapist. Obviously, therapy is expensive and it's a big investment in a lot of ways um, and does require a lot of transparency and openness and vulnerability out the gate, which can be hard, but it is definitely worth it. Mark and I obviously are both therapists. So we can attest to that. Getting connected with your own individual 12-step groups or something akin to a support group like that that can help you navigate this process uh, can be helpful for all the reasons we list on here oftentimes. But the biggest, frankly, the most effective thing, I think, for a situation like this where you have two people who it sounds like sincerely want to make this relationship work, where you're really wanting to make this relationship work, but you've got kind of some key differences that you're from a well-intended place you're just having trouble connecting on, our program, Dare to Connect for Couples, 
is the way to go. Um, I just don't know of a, uh, of something out there that would be better for a better match. And Mark, if you've got something, I I would be happy to refer people to it. But you know, we we tackle three times a week with addicts, spouses, and couples in their own individual groups. We hit on topics like this on an interactive level every week. Addicts tend to relate to it because we get them, and spouses uh, tend to relate to us because we we very much get them, but we understand the kind of crazy world their their husbands find themselves in. Yeah, um, we interact with each other on that program. Couples interact with one another. They support each other through live chat during the program. You're able to ask us questions, get answers. Um, I, I I just can't think of anything that, frankly, is a better bang for the buck that would help get a situation like this ironed out quicker, just being real. So, well, I think that was what was amazing about this, this, uh, uh, gal who wrote into us because all the things she brought up are stuff that we address in D to C all the time. Constantly. Yeah. <clears throat> and we just, we, we get raw and real about it. I mean, we get down deep in the trenches. Uh, and so on Mondays with addicts, you know, we just finished a session today, this morning with our addicts, and we talk about this very thing. I mean, we talk about, you know, why am I resisting? Uh, what about this attitude about pornography? How does that work? I mean, there's, there's no topic that is taboo as we talk with addicts because we've pretty much been just about everywhere they've been yes. right, in our past. So we can so relate. And then Wednesdays when we talk with spouses, we, we really get into this place where our hearts, you know, heart is, uh, Wednesdays are kind of a heart day for Steve mm-hmm. and I, because we're talking with women who really have had this tremendous betrayal. And boy, we just really get into a place where we're able to talk with them as well. And then of course we bring both of those together on Fridays with our couple work. And we love our couple work because that's where we get to talk about specifically what you're running into as a couple. Right. Let's yeah. Talk about specific <clears throat> scenarios and what yeah. you're facing and practical ways to, to navigate through this. Yeah. So we absolutely yeah, everything she brings up, we cover. So if you want to take this to the next level, please do come join us. It's yeah, you can find out more info at dare to connect now.com. Uh, we do a two week free trial with that. We'd love to have you join us, give us feedback, tell us your thoughts. Uh, we really, that's, you know, Mark and I, we, we obviously are here to make a, make a living, but, the reason why we came up with a program like that is because we both have very full practices. We both love what we do. We also both book out very far in advance <laughs> and therapy is expensive and costly. And we've both gone through that. And as a guy who has spent $15,000 on his own therapy, which was very much worth it, by the way, uh, I wanted to, uh, Mark and I, we wanted to create a program that could give you many of those same benefits at a, to say it's a fraction of the cost would be the world's biggest understatement at a, teeny tiny tiny fraction of a fraction of the cost mm-hmm. um we would love to have you come join us uh, so check it out um yep. so we we really do appreciate all you guys as always writing in we've got some other good submissions that we've gotten but please do send in more questions and thoughts for us uh, at uh, pbscpodcast.com we've got a contact form on there we'd love to hear from you um and and we will address these as quickly as we can on a brief podcast and hope to see you again at dare to connect and yeah, with that, guys, have a great uh, have a great rest of your week. Uh, find connection where you can, and we applaud all of you for doing the hard work. And we will we will see you next week. Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants, and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. 
It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.